you take a variable out of the game if you kick the ball as deep as you can every time. So if the ghost of John Faber shows up and we start doing funky stuff with the kickoffs, that's going to frustrate me. Although I will have to say in this case, I still trust the coaches to make the right decisions. I'm just saying it's going to frustrate me. It's been 234 days since we published a UGA Game Week episode for this podcast. That's seven and a half months of us reflecting on the results of the National Championship game. But we've been celebrating the special 2017 season as well and looking ahead at the 2018 version of the Dogs. Well, it's finally here. There will be football played at Sanford Stadium this Saturday. Our long wait as fans is almost over, and the three of us could not be more excited about it. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 143 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. On this episode, my co-hosts Will Leach and Tony Waller join me to preview the 2018 college football season opener for Georgia. Sure, they're playing the Austin P. Governors, an FCS team out of the Ohio Valley Conference, but it's a Saturday in Athens. Time to spend the day tailgating in the Classic City and on our beautiful campus. It's an opportunity to see all of the changes that have been made at Sanford Stadium and witness the unveiling of the new 2017 SEC Championship banner. I mean, I assume they're going to unveil something about that, so it should be fun to see. But we do appreciate all of you who have endured the long offseason with us by listening to the interviews we've done, downloading our preview shows, and interacting with us on social media. And for those of you interested, we have some merchandise this year, and our first offering is the official Waiting Since Last Saturday t-shirt. Thanks to all of you who have gotten one already. And if you're still on the fence, stay tuned because we will announce a special coupon code sometime during this episode that will save you the shipping cost of the shirt. The countdown to the first game of the 2018 season is now in single digits. Hope you enjoy our game week preview show for the Dogs versus the Governors. Here's Tony and Will. Well, uh, guys, it is game week. It is is game week. week. It is game week. The first game week. Since um, the last game week, the last game week was yes. a very long time ago. Yeah, Rose Bowl. I feel like we we've gone through. <laughs> yes, we've gone through a lot of. So the softball teams hanging in uh, podcast to get us to this point, and uh, we can talk about the basketball schedule. Basketball oh, that's a it's a that is a lovely basketball schedule that we've got. Yeah, I'm real bummed. I'm not, I can't go to Chaminade, but um, for, it's no longer at Chaminade. The game's not even played yeah. there. They're all played at Oahu Coliseum or something. They play Illinois State. I like it. Yeah, yeah they State play the Redbirds. State. So but, yeah. um, I would love to go out there. My in-laws actually have taken that trip before, and I'm told it's good, but we have Georgia Tech that same week here, and we do Thanksgiving at our house, and I'm not willing to give up Thanksgiving for Hawaii because that's just the way I am. The interesting part of the basketball schedule this year is that Florida and Kentucky play here the same yes. week. Yes. Which is that's, which will be very fun. That's very much a make or break week. Yeah, which would be right. I think it's theoretically <clears throat> the week after the national championship game. So after Georgia wins the national championship, yeah, after Georgia wins. we'll be able to go in and uh, watch uh, Tom Green and his boys. So speaking of the national championship, uh, there is there is one thing that I want to, um, I, I guess, put a bow on at least from my perspective over uh, last season. Uh, because Will, you've you've said this, you you've made a reference to what did not happen in the national championship game, and uh, I, I I've kind of been tossing around this idea, and I you know, made reference to it through our long laborious off season. Uh, but one of the things that uh, that I keep coming back to, and frankly, we had. I had uh, dinner and drinks with, with our friend Matt Adair tonight, which is something he and I do before every football season. So I asked him, I was like, how do you, how do, you do this, right? Because he is a longtime Alabama fan. I mean, he, was, he remembers the 
hiring a Francione. He remembers Roll Tide Roll. You know, his father-in-law is a his father-in-law Hall of is Fame high school football at Vestavia Hills in Alabama, uh, right? And mm-hmm. he, um, I said, how do you do this? He said, just enjoy it. You need to enjoy it. He said, you can't look back on last year and get upset. He said, yeah, it's fine to be upset if they underperform. He said, but you can't get upset if funny breaks happen and you don't win the SEC. Right, because you had funny breaks happen last year that you won the SEC. And he said, as an Alabama fan, he said we, he said the hardest thing for me to do is just find joy in the every, in all of it, and that perfectly sums up the way I feel about last year's national championship game. Am I disappointed we lost the national championship? You're damn right, I am. It still hurts, but you said last week, Scott, that you can't look back on 2017 and be anything but like happy about the season, right, and have great memories, and no matter what. No matter what, this year, unless we just smoke everybody and, frankly, it gets to be boring, will not be as fun as last year. Well, we that's just, what Will predicted last year. Right. right. Well, but that's, I mean, that's exactly know, right. And he was correct, yeah. Yeah, and, but the, th- the, the thing is, he Will usually is right. The thing about it is that my mantra for this year, and I, I want people, whatever. You have a slogan? Keep, no, I don't have a slogan. Uh, not for nothing. Um, <laughs> okay, I swear it's the last time I'll say it. That, um, I have to say that would actually be the worst team slogan ever. It would be. I mean, it Wait. sounds like but not you, Iowa football, not, not for, for nothing. nothing. <laughs> well, Is that a double negative? <laughs> but well, uh, No, I think it's, it's, just, it's just not very inspirational. Remember, remember, <laughs> Butch Jones could be a head football coach again sometime. I want y'all to hold me accountable to be happy, be happy with the happy moments because no matter what happens in 2018, I'm not going to stop loving Georgia football. It can be maddening. It, it can hurt. But within the span of same, uh, you know, the same like eight days, nine days in January, we went from easily the best moment I've experienced as a Georgia football fan to the worst. And frankly, I think I'm a better fan for it. Well, think about the sack compared to the play after. I went from feeling like we're about to win this thing to the worst moment. So, I mean, it happened in a matter of seconds also. I mean, not for, not for nothing. But, uh, <laughs> Everybody the, drink. <laughs> uh, the, uh, this happens. I'm not claiming anything about Georgia, anything bad, anything bad about Georgia right. at all. But, like, people in Ohio State were really, really excited with the football program four weeks ago. People in Penn State were like... People in Ohio State still are excited about the football program. I know, but you know what I mean. That like things can turn immediately out of nowhere in the places you never see it coming. So every... You can lose your starting quarterback in the first three series of the game. Yeah. For example. uh, I mean, this this is not... I'm not claiming like Kirby Smart is... Not Urban Meyer. No, I got you. I I'm got, not saying anything like that. But like weird things happen. This is, the higher your profile is, the more inspection your program gets. The weird, like just weird things can happen. So well, remember this, Isaiah Crowell? Yeah, you know, weird. He they've had a he had a gun under his seat. You yes. know, with the with the serial number filed off. That's, it's like where did that come from? Well, and then was, that he, went downhill. He was driving Mudcat Elmore's car. That's where it came from. So, and allegedly, yes, <laughs> allegedly. So, like, that's the thing. It's just, it might be get better than last year, and it might not get better than last year. But it's good right now. And I think that because there's so much excitement for what's being built, and because there's so much, hey, the, the, we're going to stack recruiting class on stack recruiting class on stack recruiting class, the world is a vast, unpredictable place. This is actually what I was, I was kind of talking about before the national championship game last year. The idea that, like, hey, if you're here, you might as well go ahead and win it. Yeah. Because... Not to say, because I, listen, if, if you were to tell me what two football programs, college football programs, are you most excited about moving forward over the next 10 years, Georgia's one of them. 
Like, I don't think there's any question about that. But weird things happen. So I think that, that I think what Matt is saying is exactly right. You have, We need to, like, remember to live in the moment when it comes to Georgia football because I think it, it would be very depressing to me if this team goes 11-1 and one and loses in the SEC championship game and everybody's angry. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that is one of those totems like in, in the movie um, Inception. Yep. You need that to be able to just kind of get your place in yep. this season or in your in your life when, you know, if you're dancing through dreams or that's a, the movie reference. But I'm glad you said that. This I think very zen. I kind of like live this. in the moment. It's probably a CrossFit thing. Uh, yeah, you could, you could use that <laughs> yeah. for CrossFit. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's embrace the suck. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what CrossFit is. Seriously? It, it sucks that yeah. 20 minutes that you're doing your workout and you okay. embrace. But I digress. Uh, but live in the moment. I think that's a great thing for, uh, say we lose a game or say we lose a key player or something. You know, you need to just live in the moment this year because you're right. If you do try to hold on to, and I know I'm super guilty of this being an Atlanta fan. I still hold on to the Super Bowl loss. I still hold on to that 1995 World Series championship because I wasn't happy because Florida beat us that day. And, you know, you go on and on. But just, yeah, enjoy the season. It's it, This is a good primer for the first game week preview podcast of the season because things are going to go probably a little bit left or right of the way that we want them to go. And, I mean, you know, like, we just, so just stay where we you're are. You're going to be able to tell how everybody is, is if how they look back at that game last year. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and really the whole season. Like, if this goes three or four years and they don't win a title, all of this good cheer that we have about last year right. all of a sudden starts to feel like, oh, how did we miss our chance when we were that close? Whereas right now, it's all, this is this is a good, because they remember right afterwards they nailed that recruiting class. That was a time, like, like, I was, like, clearly it's been nothing but good news. And then, wait, hey, look, star wide receiver, for, you can just come here now. Like, everything is actually per, so perfect. So right now, we have the benefit and the blessing to look back at that and be like, that was a tough play, but like, man, what a start or something. You'll know if I feel like that is when you'll see things start to turn is if people start to look at last year and look at the things that didn't happen, rather appreciate all the great things that did happen. Think about our podcast we had when we were over at tailgate, Georgia, when we were talking about the fans that were bashing us going to the Liberty bowl to play yeah. against TCU. Yeah. I mean, think yeah. of how far we came in one season. But, of course, I would also argue these are the exact same people who are going to be furious mm-hmm. if they lose the SEC championship sure. game. You can't change them, though. Yeah, well, then they can, then, yeah, but you can't ignore them. <laughs> yeah. You can't ignore them. Well, and I think it's safe, in my mind, it's safe to say that that championship game was prologue, not epilogue. And it is, um, it's, it's fun. The best part about it, though, guys we got real football this week. Real, real football. football. I mean, it's a team called Austin P, but it's still football. The fly is open. The fly is open. Let's go pee. Um, if you didn't listen last week, you should download it and listen to it because yeah. somewhere <laughs> about hour three, we'll, we'll tell the yeah. story about that. Um, <laughs> There's context to that. I'm not just like showing how urination works. <laughs> Thank you. No, I am also okay. doing that. <laughs> but this is also, this is a whole different podcast, by the way, if you subscribed. <laughs> it is. Yeah, uh, this, weird, this, is, this is a scat podcast now. <laughs> this is an alt.reddit.scat. Your nation today. It's the Patreon version. <laughs> yeah, for the special subscriber. Wow. Okay. So, Austin P., I know you're going to have some stats. 
Well, I mean, I was just going to kind of set the table. <clears throat> Let me say that again. I was just going to kind of set the table. They are an FCS team. They are. I thought Ohio they were Valley. FBS. Yes, Ohio Valley. They play in the league with like Tennessee Tech and Missouri State and Eastern Illinois. The mighty Jacksonville State. Jacksonville Gamecocks. State. I think that's the only team they play in the South. All the other ones are like Ohio and, yeah. and that's a weird, Illinois. Of Jacksonville State is famously like really great. Right? Remember they almost beat Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and EIU is also very good. Actually, uh, Wayne's dad went to Jacksonville oh, yeah. State and. Eastern Illinois is right by my hometown of yes. Benton, Illinois. Yeah. Is that where Tony Romo played? That's where Tony is. Romo. That's where Mike Shanahan went. That's where Sean Payton went. Well, really? Uh, it's, it, the, yeah. it's the cradle of quarterbacks. It is a cradle. Uh, Coach Bob Spoo. That is actually his name. <laughs> Spell that, please. And we're back S-P-O, to urology today. Bob Spoo. He was the coach. He was a mentor for Mike Shanahan and Sean Payton and all those guys. And I actually wrote the forward to a book about East Illinois football. And, uh, and the, I hope you referenced that a lot. I did say uh, uh, clearly we can embrace the legacy of the man whose name I just can't stop saying, <laughs> Bob Spoo. Anyway, we may be off topic. Yeah. Austin P. Austin P. Their, their head coach is Will Healy. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, he is 33 <laughs> years old, one of the youngest head coaches in all of college football. He's from Chattanooga, right? Yep. Well, yeah, he went to prep school or his preparatory yeah. high school days. He was a quarterback in the Chattanooga area. He played quarterback at Richmond. Right. Mighty uh, spiders. Yeah. The spider cool helmet, by the way, the I'm, spider I on do. the helmet. I, I agree. You know, he is, you know, who his favorite team growing up was. Who? Georgia tech. Yeah. He has a long Georgia tech. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. This time last year, they were involved in a 27 game losing streak. They were, they were one of the worst FCS teams out there. They lost their first two games of the season. They played, at Cincinnati and at Miami of Ohio. And then they went eight and two the rest of the season. So it says a lot about what he was able to do in a short amount of time recruit. They did lose to UCF who are now actually they're technically national champions. Did you see that? I did. UCF was uh, in the the NCAA released something where they gave them one little poll and one little smidgen. Of course, UCF ran with that. Now they're official. They should. In the NCAA record books is winning, having a claim to the national championship. So that's a little sidebar of where I was going with that. But yeah, Austin P went eight and two the rest of the season. And they're now going into the season. They're ranked 22nd. In FCS, Which so is very impressive. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a good turnaround. There was a uh, Chip Towers uh, did a really good piece uh, about the coach and kind of his excitement about this game generally because that's where he talked about the Georgia Tech thing. And for him, he is obviously not going in saying we're going to take down the Giants, we're going to do this. He is taking it with exactly the way that you should take it, which is holy crap! Austin P is going to be on national television on ESPN at three. Austin P only gets on ESPN is if they play in the Ohio Valley Championship game in the in college basketball, and it's at yeah. eleven a.m. No, the, yeah, like the the, the, cha- the to get in the tournament, like that's the only on Friday, way. right? Like that's <laughs> it. Like for Austin P to be first off, this speaks. To where Georgia is, by the way, that Georgia can play. No offense to Austin P, but a nobody game right now. Like this is, and it's the national game. And it's yeah. the national game. It used to be on pay per view. Yeah, back yeah. in the day. And yeah. I mean, this is it's worth. This is the worst opponent on the schedule. Like this is. I mean, we were giving them nice little praise, but Massachusetts, who won, by the way, they beat the week, crap out of Duquesne. Um, they uh, like this is the worst team that Georgia will play this year, which is fine. I thought it was telling that game. Because you know they, of course, these are these are money games for all of these teams. But generally speaking, a lot like a program like Illinois, for example, when they do these play-in games, they'll get like a ball state. So they'll pay them a little bit more because they're a little bit better program. Because they eventually need like they want the win, but they also need like a quality. Like they need 
to like gauge themselves against someone, and that's so like Ball State Illinois is going to be going to win that game. Plus, it helps to get the the FBS win counting towards the bowl. Exactly. The, the, For the bowl. Georgia is in a position where they like I think they pay the absolute minimum. I think it's five hundred thirty thousand dollars, <throat> which I think is the actual minimum that they that that anyone pays in these teams. That's where Georgia's at. Like this is a. Whatever, just like whoever, like whoever we can pay the cheapest amount of money to come, let's just go ahead and do it. I think it's fine. I think it's fine, but it is worth noting that this is, um, this is the probably the worst team they've played. I was going to say since Nickel State, uh, but that game was actually a little hairy. Too soon. Uh, but I'm, I'm like looking back at the schedule the last few years, it's hard to find a team that's actually this overmatched, far down. Uh, that and I mean, not just because Georgia's really good right now. I mean, even in, if Georgia this is an average Georgia team, putting Georgia's quality aside, this is actually about as low of a program as you're going to find them play. Yeah, and that actually presents part of the challenge for the coaching staff, right? Because they do have a tough game in a week. The perfect outcome in this game is no one gets hurt. You have starters out by the middle of the third quarter, but the game is just close enough that the coaches can still be angry. Um, I mean, what, do you, what do you define as close enough? Well, 21 points. I mean, you know, this is, this is a game on paper, literally on paper. Um, it, it should be a 45. But don't you, want, don't you want it to be 45 to 3 in the third quarter? Because Georgia, with their non-conference schedule not having a Notre Dame on it this year, they need to – show up in these games and actually maybe mash the gas a little bit more and blow out some opponents. You wanted to be 28 to three and the reserves put up 21 more points. Okay. That in my mind, that's yeah. what you want because that also allows the coaches to tell the guys that started. It's like, well, I guess competition's back open because we play a real game this week. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the worst thing that can happen is Georgia comes here, smokes them and gets in their head. They're all that. I don't think that would happen, but the Nichols game shows that it can. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, so, that, like, can we not forget that that Nichols game like, it was, it absolutely could have been a It was a Nats, yeah. with a Nats hair of a nightmare. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's hard to overstate. If Nichols does anything at the end of that game, if you've that, that, that fumble at the end, yeesh. Yeah. I'm looking at the schedule. I think probably the worst team that's been there is in 2011, Coastal Carolina yeah. was here. Yeah. They're Southern, good now. They yeah. were terrible then. Southern was here in 2015. That's probably close. That was the Devin Gales uh, game. As well. Yes. It probably yes. was worse than Austin P. Yeah. Southern probably was worse yeah. than Austin P. So uh, around there. But otherwise, it's, it's, it's hard to even like going back. It's really hard to find. I mean, we played Richmond in the 90s. We played Northwestern State. Yeah, a couple that's, years that's ago, a, yeah. they're in Louisiana. Yeah. And they, they are from not Nagashka, Nacogdoches, Nacogdoches. Yes, because they beat uh, they're the team that beat Iowa that last second shot in the NCAA tournament. Yep, yeah. Uh, Northwestern State, two thousand two. So you're the other one in the SEC. Yeah, which uh, was when they were here. There you go. But uh, anyway, the point is, is that like this is like this seems like a great game game to see, particularly for a team that can now redshirt guys if they play three games. Mm-hmm. Like this is the perfect game. <laughs> to I think just, it's four. Is it four? Yeah, yeah. however many yeah. few it is. Like you, you can play the whole second half a bunch of dudes that are still going to be freshmen next year. Yep. Now, do they they count the games just like if you play one series or one play? But I think they it's don't, one snap counts. Yeah, as a game. I, think, as a game. I, I think it becomes. I think they have taken yeah. away whatever leeway there was for min, game minutes. Um, I think that's really gracious. They do that. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's something. Yeah. Um, it's it's more than it was. Um, yeah. So. This is the larger thing, by the way. Sorry, sorry, yeah. but this is the larger thing about the NCAA, as you're seeing with this and seeing with 
with, um, with Robertson. With Robertson being able to come in is they really are being a little bit more chill about a lot of things these days. I would argue long overdue, still not far enough. But there's a lot of things about like the new rules about being able to transfer and the yeah. new things they're doing. Clearly, like, when in doubt, they're actually trying to do the thing that's better for the players. And it's about freaking time. Question. We talked about, and I meant to bring this up last week, but we talked about Robertson's transfer and him getting eligible. Why can't Jacob Eason fall under that? Because he was injured last year. Why doesn't he get to play? I think it's like his grandfather did. Like he did this, like he transferred last year. It's amazing. Yeah, I, 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 who knows? I mean, I guess he could have petitioned. Maybe he did petition. Maybe he doesn't want to. He's also not a graduate, by the way. Right. Like he's a freshman. Like he's a sophomore. Like yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, also, I, I think it's safe to say he's not going to be Jake Brown around. Right. So, right. Right. He, right. I mean, he's perfectly happy. I mean, he could. He could. Potentially could. But right. um, speaking of. Maybe he uh, just give the last series. Just let him play the last series. <laughs> but don't throw the ball. Yeah. We've talked a lot about Austin P. the program, but. They also are coming behind the eight ball. Their second leader rusher from last year suspended the first two games of the yeah. season. Kentel um, Williams, although they also have a lot of kids from Northwest Georgia on this team, it, which you would expect a coach from Chattanooga, um, a program in Tennessee. They're in Clarksville, which is north of Nashville. You know, they're starting running back Amal Turner. I think I Tanner Amal Tanner. He's from Dalton. They also have a couple of transfers, including a guy that used to start at Oregon uh, on defense. Their defense has some pop. Um, you know, the Nate Howard transfer from Missouri. So they have some former, you know, FBS athletes on this team. They're, they're picked to finish second, though, at Ohio Valley Conference behind Jacksonville State. And remember Jacksonville State, we talked about they almost beat Auburn. And they um, almost beat Auburn straight up. Yeah, they like, almost that beat was Auburn. Not, that, was, that, was a, that was legit. And they have played in the, the FCS championship game a couple times in the recent past. Um, at Jacksonville State has. Yeah, so right, right. there is no – I mean, we can we can mock a little bit of finishing second in the Ohio Valley Conference, but, I mean, they're, they're finishing second behind – if they finish second, it will be behind a true FCS power. A team that I would not want Illinois to play. I'll put it no, that way. <laughs> I would not either. Have you checked the line on this game? Do you know what it is? Um, I guess it's in the lower 40s. Yeah, I'd say like 46 even. It's 43. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then I mean, over-under is 56 and a half. Okay, that sounds right. I feel like they've got a touchdown in them. Like they, there's yeah. always there's always one touchdown yeah. in them somewhere. So would you take that? Like if you're a betting man, the over under? No, forty three. No. No, I wouldn't touch it. There's no reason. Probably take the over. Um, I don't see. I don't think I would do that either. No? I don't think I would. Do. I listen. If I take the over, I'll take them to score forty seven to to give, score more than forty three. If I'm taking yeah. the over, yeah. But, um, so you're gonna do a teaser. Mark, Mark Will down for a teaser. Okay, yeah. got well, it. No, uh, gambling is corrosive to the soul, by the way, and bad for sports. Just to remind everyone. Oh, he's going to parlay it. I'm sorry. Thing, yes. What? I don't know. <laughs> it's corrosive to the soul and actually destroys what makes sports great. Sorry, I don't mean that. I said that out loud. Yes, yes. Um, I, it, it turns something that should be beautiful and personal and wonderful and eternal into some uh, yet another freaking capitalist enterprise. Yes. And it also makes people broke. Like, I've literally had friends who have... Had gambling addictions, but no one thinks of it that way. Because you know, do you feel the same way about MLB Players Weekend? I like Players Weekend. I like. MLB. I read your article. Yeah, I, uh, I made a joke on Twitter about this. I actually love MLB Players Weekend, but I my the name on the back of my jersey on the MLB Players Weekend would be Leech. <laughs> it would actually still be Leech because whatever my name on the back of my jersey, I want that name on the back of my jersey. Tyler O'Neill, the Cardinals outfielder, said the same thing. He's like, I just got to the major leagues. I don't need to go put my nickname on there. It's so cool for me to see my name on the back of the jersey. That's the way I would be. I would definitely, one thing I would not do is do a freaking emoji that I would not Did somebody do, do that? Yeah, Box, uh, uh, box Burger that for, uh, for Arizona. Actually, they had a box 
in a burger. That, uh, that's pretty clever. It's clever, except it. You know, I mean, let's let's act like we've been there before. But it's Box bad. No, you know, you know, there's this, these things that help communicate called words, and like we communicate with them and like talk to each other and actually like express our thoughts rather than these like whimsical little here's someone shrug like you come on. So I got a question. If you if they said, Will, you can't have your last name and it's Players Weekend and you're a starting pitcher for the Cardinals, if you can't put Leech on it, what would be your fun? What players we can name. Uh, I mean, I'm not fun. So um, not fun. Uh, I, I think I might actually put something like "I don't want to do this" uh, <laughs> on the back. That would actually be kind of funny. That would be kind of funny. What would Rich, yours be? You know, Rich, Rich Hill, I think, had one of the best ones. Rich Hill had uh, D Mountain or Dick Mountain, which is uh, basically the that's the, that's the name for if you're the crease in your pants uh-huh. that make yeah. So <laughs> yeah. That, that that was that was what he went because uh, he went with D Mountain, which I'm impressed that MLB allowed to join. You write the time down. <laughs> Someone's going on Urban Dictionary later. Yeah, boy. What would your name be? He merely disregards me. Oh, that would be your, your nickname me, on the back of your jersey? He hit me. He merely disregards me. <laughs> he's, he's slightly disgusted. He's uh, not, not, see, those, to me, I, those sound like fantasy football team names. I don't know. I, I, I've never really given a lot of thought to it. I, I, I think I agree. You with don't have you. a nickname? Yeah, it's AMP. A-M-P. Well, then there, there you go. Yeah. yeah. I don't like nicknames. That's probably not surprising to you. Uh, I don't. This does not surprise us. Yeah, I'm not um, in the nicknames. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm like we I'm have 50. nice names. It's nice to call people by their names. You don't I, get to direct address people very often. Yeah. So I'll, yeah, I mean, I've, I'm, I've, I'm, I like Amp. There's I'll, only a couple. Can I, can I call you Amp? Sure, that's fine. I've only had. I mean, I've, I've only a few people still call me Amp. Um, like my dad calls me TW, and my wife calls me by my full name. Like and she refers to me as Tony Waller to everybody, and it's, <laughs> I've heard that it's yeah. actually. Endearing in a way. I call I my wife Stevenson. Yeah, yeah. yeah I refer to her as Stevenson, yeah. which is her last name. Yeah. You don't dare call her by her real name, especially if you're in a smart home. Yeah. No. 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 It's not a smart home. It's just an annoying little <laughs> device. It's not a smart home. There's nothing smarter about that house than any other house. You just have this thing that like you yell at occasionally. I have a question. We might be did off track you, a little. We're way you, off track. Did you two sit down and consp- like? I feel like you have conspired to get Will riled up today, <laughs> and you've done it really well. well I am impressed. On a Sunday night, and you're, or you know, I'm doing the Gears of podcast on Sunday, and I'm much yeah. more ornery on that show. Okay, okay, that's fine, so and I respect I, that. I, I like ornery Will. I like ornery Will a lot. Okay, back to Austin P. A couple yeah. more things. A couple more things. Um, I Scott, what are the uniforms like? I don't know. Oh, they're their mascot. Oh my god! Of course, yeah, the does. governor. Yeah. It's it's an awesome mascot. He's got a mustache and he's got a monocle. Well, you know why. Because they're governor, they're the governors. Yeah, they're well. They're named after a former Tennessee governor. He has a stovetop hat on too. Is this a Colonel Reb situation? No, is this is actually the opposite of Colonel Reb. Um, he uh, he looks like a gentleman. The yes. mascot. Well, I'm Colonel, I mean, Colonel Reb does or, too. Or, or fought uh, for the wrong side. I feel obliged to point out. I, well, it? I mean, uh, Governor Austin P. That's his actual name. Was dead or not born yet during Ooh. during that war. I had the whole thing prepared last week and y'all cut me off, which is fine. But I had three quarters of it was right. He was governor of Tennessee and longest serving governor of Tennessee. And he was generally, you know, agnostic about Confederate stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why they named a small college in Clarksville, Tennessee after him. You know, you know what we haven't done? We've been recording for 27 minutes. We have not mentioned one name of any Georgia player. We're talking about offense or defense or special teams, wow. and they're actually going to play a game. This is one thing I did want to actually bring up a little bit. Go ahead, Tony, if you want to. No, I was just about to say, I mean, I just assume we're going to 
get there, but there's not a whole lot more to add other than what we talked about last right, we last just week. Season preview uh, we encourage everyone, by the way, to go and listen to the big season preview podcast. Right. Because, hey, I thought it was it's really still good. it's still relevant. Oh, it's, it's, oh, of course, it's very relevant. The season hasn't started yet. Especially so, you have to drive to Charlotte. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, but to me, okay. So a couple questions about Georgia for this game. One, I'm assuming we see Fields mm-hmm. at some point. Win, hundred um, percent. Second half. No, before the second Second half. quarter. So you don't think this is a from first half? Like, that's an easy, totally nice way to do this, by the way, is to do from first half, field second half? Yeah, it's a good question. One of I, I don't have an actual good answer to other than I think we'll see him before the second half. Right. Um, I mean, look, if you – granted, it's just reading tea leaves, and that's, that's like trying to figure out which way the wind's going to blow some days with football coaches. But if you read the tea leaves, it's pretty clear that, that Fields is going to get some series. Now – is there a possibility that he plays the second half, the plan all along, and they've told him, it's like, look, you're going to get the second half. It doesn't really matter where we are in the game because, frankly, you can do that with Austin P. Sure, maybe so. But I just feel like we're going to see him before, if for no other reason, uh, there's still a Georgia fan, a Georgia fan base we're talking about. If this game goes the way I think the three of us think it's going to go, and frankly, the way that, uh, that the vast majority of people who pay attention to football think it's going to go, the game's going to be out hand in the third quarter. And... You do want to give the fans something to, to see. But to me, that's that's the thing, though, is I almost rather – I mean, again, with, we talked about how there's no backup. Or I guess they, they named the third string guy, the, yeah. the, the, yeah. the walk-on freshman. But since there is no real third string guy, it seems to make more sense to me. Like, why work fields in? Like, have Fromm be the quarterback, and then your day is done. Then, like, do decent. Like, that seems to make more sense to me than to do a – fit him in and throw him in and have him come in on a couple of plays. Because that's like spurrier S. No, I think I think they'll bring him in for series. I think they'll have like pre planned series to bring so, him in. So so they won't like run him in for like one set of downs. No. Okay. No, that doesn't that does So you're spurious. seeing like second quarter like first, first. Which is, that does not seem a great way to tamp down a quarterback issue. And maybe you're right. I'm just saying that's the way right. it feels like to me. Right. The other stuff, it's. I think the most interesting thing is going to be our offensive line rotation. I feel less certain about it than I did three weeks ago because they have started adding some of the new guys in. Who knows? That could just be. It could just be the depth, right? I mean, we are very excited about our offensive line, and when you start looking at some of the rotations they're running, we legit could have seven, eight guys start. The season over the course of the season, really the only constant right now has been Andrew Thomas at, at, at left tackle. So, so, who are they going to put at right tackle? Is that Isaiah Wilson? Um, that's the way it's looking right now. Uh, you know, he Wilson it, being a guy, huge guy, still still working on technique. If you believe what you read, is, well, he played in Brooklyn. Well, it's, I mean, but it's a it's it's still in Brooklyn, but it's still a legit football team, right? And he has had good coaching, but. It is – he was so much bigger than everyone else. And that, that frankly happens a lot with offensive linemen when they come to – if they don't play in against really good defensive players, especially quick defensive players, they just rely on their size and don't develop great technique. And it takes a while. Um, and that's that's kind of what Wilson's facing. The other thing that's going to be interesting to me is seeing the rotation at receiver and what kind of rapport Robertson has with with Fromm uh, because I, I don't think – even before uh, uh, White got hurt, I was really interested to see how much we're going the ball around the yard. Uh, because I think, frankly, I think with our, our receiving core, uh, we're going to move through the air more. That's just what I think is going to happen. Um, I think, if anything, losing Zamir makes that more likely. It makes that more likely, definitely. But I still think it would have, I, I think this still would have been a thing we would have seen regardless. Um, and then defensively, um, 
you know, how many how many freshmen are out there early? I mean, look, if we match up against Austin P the way we think we're going to match up, and frankly, probably the way we do match up, it's going to be hard to read who's out there other than who walks out in the first play on defense, just because you really need some magical number on defense if you're trying to, to rotate a lot of guys in defensive backfield. If you're playing Jake Bentley, or which we will in a week, or we're playing Drew Locke, yeah, you want to make sure that you have the right combination of guys in there. But this is actually a good game where somewhere in the neighborhood of, of 45 to 65 plays to allow them to go against game, like live game and hit people that aren't your teammates. Um, so, you know, the defensive backfield, we might not even have any clarity at the end of this game about that. So there's probably a lot, a lot of certainties and questions going into this game. What is one thing, whether it be a play, like a certain play that you maybe is excited you last year, or a player that you are certain will happen or that you will see? It'll be interesting to see if we run the wild dog. And who and who runs and it? And who runs it? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I'm I'm a sucker for the hidden ball play action. They ain't going to do that, that on this that game. From that, from I pulled against Mississippi State last year, a flea flicker. That was a flea flicker, right? Frankly, I think what we'll see is we'll see a lot of base offense. Um, we'll see a lot of tall sweep, a lot of handoffs at the middle, some play action passing. We'll stretch the field some out of just the most basic formations. We're going to run standard. I think we'll run standard thirty-one, all thirty-one, or you know maybe even no tight ends, and just drop an H back. You know, one thing that I missed seeing, remember back in the mid to late 90s, Jim Donnan, when Champ Bailey was here? Yeah. We had the tunnel screen on lock, and then it just kind of went away. We would try it, and we never could find that guy that could just turn on the Jets. I mean, Champ Bailey scored probably, I don't know, five, six touchdowns on a tunnel screen, and it kind of went away. I'd love to see that come back. You know, maybe with Robertson, maybe he's the guy to do it. Maybe, um, you know, James Cook is the guy to do that and to run that tunnel screen. I, you know, it's just a personal thing. I'd kind of like to see that come back because I think that's an underrated offensive weaponry that they could unveil this year. Yeah, I kind of feel like James Cook is going to be the DeAndre Swift of the. Yep. Why didn't we talk about this guy before the season at all, guy? Right? Like, obviously James Cook because of his because he's of Delvin Cook and and like he had a little bit more than Swift coming in, but it feels like James Cook is actually like that is the Swift guy, and that is the guy that that you can totally see emerging and being everywhere that we're not talking about that much right now because. Quite reasonably, there's so many guys. Ahead he of wears him. number six. Well, that's that's another good another good comparison, huh? No, uh, I'm curious about the wide receivers in this game. I want to see how much we do see Robertson. How much we yeah. do see uh, like how many targets? How much he actually is in the middle of everything? Because I mean, they're excited about him, but I mean, still, we talk about how excited they were that we didn't think that he was even going to be able to play this year. But he's still probably a little behind. Yeah, he's, he's got only be, had three weeks of practice, so like. The, we were excited about him, but you do wonder how much he's going to be worked in to see. how. Uh, I wonder what they'll do with him if they'll really try to push him a certain level. I'm also curious to see if from uh, my theory is that we never see from do the flip of the ball when he's uh, when he's going back in. That feels like something that Kirby Smart hates and will never let him do. <laughs> like That feels like something that all the fishing buddies all totally love. But uh, and that kind of swagger is kind yeah, of fun. He's got moxie. But uh, <laughs> I don't think that crap's going to fly. Uh, I bet we don't see that this year. I'm very curious. I was actually very curious if that's something we'll see this year. Okay, so on the flip side, other than injuries, we know that's a granted that that would be terrible. What concerns you about this game or what you see? Anything other than injuries? Offensively, if we stagnate at any point, and I'm not talking about one particular set of downs, if like we just get jammed up and can't run the ball at all. Um, or we we can't pass the ball at all. I mean, 
you know, part of what Georgia was really good at last year is we were super efficient offensively. That efficiency basically paid off in two ways. One, we kept the other team off the field, and two, we scored points. And um, I mean, we, we scored some quick stride touchdowns, but we had an awful lot of two and three and four minute nine play drives, which is you're just staying ahead of the chains. You never, you never getting, you know, rarely getting desperate situations where you 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 have to close the playbook. Um, if we do that against a team like Austin P, and we do it wide scale, that's going to make me that's going to make me a lot more bullish on. I mean, more bearish on this season. If there's one thing that I bet people freak out, if something goes wrong, people will freak out about. It's a special teams thing. I was going to say that it's like a fumble because they were thing. so good last yeah, year. Yeah. So good at special yeah. teams. After years of that being a major complaint that everybody had, that was not only it's not something that nobody complained about. It was a highlight of the season. Like maybe obviously Rodrigo is not going to make any mistakes at all all year because he is perfect and beautiful. He hasn't hasn't grown a mustache yet. But um, yeah, maybe I I have to say he misses a field goal. People are going to start asking about that mustache. mustache. (laughs) I will say one thing about special teams that that I am interested in seeing and curious how Georgia will handle it, and that is the new kickoff rule with fair balls being fair caught inside the twenty five automatically come out to the twenty five regardless of where it's fair caught. I just can't imagine that that you would do anything other than keep kick the ball just as deeply as you can. Because you know, last year, you know, Rodrigo hit seventy eight percent of his kickoffs for touchbacks. Of the twenty two percent that didn't, weren't touchbacks, I I haven't actually looked at them, but I would venture that fifteen percent of those twenty two percent were inside the seven or eight yard line, which at that point you just fair catch the ball. You don't you don't try to because the average the average returns twenty two yards. You're just not there's no net there. I will be interested to see if Georgia doesn't I'll be interested if Georgia tries to either corner or try some something weird to hit the sweet spot of the fifteen or twelve or fifteen yard line with hopes of pinning them inside the twenty five. To me it makes no sense. There's no payoff for that. You basically get yourself two extra yards, but you also in in potentially give up anywhere from to to a score, two yards to a score, and that's just to me, it's not worth it. You you can plan from the twenty five yard line. You can set your defense based on uh, them having to start the twenty five yard line. You take a variable out of the game if you kick the ball as deep as you can every time. So, if the ghost of John Faber shows up and we start doing funky stuff with the kickoffs, that's going to frustrate me. Uh, although I will have to say, in this case, I still trust the coaches to make the right decisions. I'm just saying it's going to frustrate me. You know, I watched a little bit of the Colorado State Hawaii game last yeah. night, and it some didn't of the go well, <laughs> no, it didn't for Bobo's voice. It did not, but uh, I did notice a lot of the kickoffs were being returned out of the end zone. You know, I think if you if you put it right on that end zone line, guys, the adrenaline's pumping. You're not like, thinking, yeah. and you're like, they're they're taking it out, and that's what they did last night. That game was pointsy, but yeah, I don't, I didn't think about that. That's a good point. Um, one thing I will look for, I've decided to have an official Will Leach cause player for this year. That player is Prather Hudson. Prather Hudson. <laughs> Brookstone's own. Brookstone is the alma mater of my lovely wife, Alexis Stevenson, from Columbus, Georgia. Uh, he went to Brookstone. Uh, he made it in last year. He, the, uh, my favorite thing is in spring practice, he won the Hugh Hendricks Award. Do we know the Hugh Hendricks Award? I do not. The actual quote, I love this. I'm reading for sure for the media again. Uh, is given to players who, quote, strain their potential. Strain? <laughs> strain. So was he potential. injured? No, I think what they're trying... I mean, it's a curious verb choice, no question. I would argue what they're trying to say, they're trying to say one of two things. A, this is someone that doesn't have a lot of talent, but is going all out. Uh, I think I think the what, other way probably has a racial connotation that we probably don't want to go. To well, I think really what you're saying it's is scrappy that, white guy is that if uh, 
if there would be a movie about him starring Sean Astin, it would be called Prather. Yeah. <laughs> but, he, but he gets in more than Rudy. He does play more than Rudy. Rudy was offsides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He played, and also, like, Joe Montana and all of us at Notre Dame were making fun of Rudy. They all thought, there's this great interview with Joe Montana. Yeah. Where they asked him about Rudy. He's like, yeah, Rudy. Yeah, like that guy. Rudy was lame. We all thought that was a joke. That guy. <laughs> so, whereas Prather Hudson is actually, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on Prather Hudson watch this okay. year. Is all okay. All right. He strains his potential. So he is basically he is the uh, human running clock. When you see yes, <laughs> you see Prather Hudson, know that a little. little what number is he? He is number twenty four. Offense or defense? Offense or defense? He actually got twelve carries in the Samford game. Once. Okay. All right. Have you know? Okay. So what we're looking for is Prather Hudson a lot in the fourth quarter. Yes. Okay. Speaking of the fourth quarter, what is your guess on the amount of people in the stands halfway through the fourth quarter? Halfway? Eight minutes left in the game. 25,000. I'm guessing more than there will be at the Massachusetts game at a similar time. Yeah, uh, that's probably right. It also depends on how hot it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Or if it's it was freaking hot yeah. today. It yeah, it was pretty warm. Was gonna be. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I know if, 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 if it's still crowded, stuff is going sideways. Well, the, the reason why I say yeah, halfway... Nobody th- left the nickel state game early. Right? The <laughs> reason why I say halfway through the fourth quarter, the, the Krypton fanfares become such a thing. And even though it will not be dark, even people will try to turn their lights on on their phones, but it will not be quite dark enough yet. I just think people stay for that. And they're like, let's stay for Krypton fanfare and do the fourth quarter thing. And then we'll go. I, I know, I know five people that will still be there. And my family yeah, will be there. I hope I'll still be there. We'll be there. My daughter's coming and she, yeah, but that's, that's always a, yeah, that's no. iffy. She's yeah. eight and yeah. she looks at me and says she's hot and wants to go. I said, so when you get a dip and dots, ice cream, well, in the future you can only, years. yeah, you can only get so many dip and dots. So here's a question. How do we think they're going to handle the SEC championship banner slash announcement slash? It feels like they've got to do something, right? Yeah, I, it, I, I asked that question of somebody in the athletics department last week, and uh, I did not get a response, um, which is fine. Uh, they, I'm, not, I'm not doing a response, and it could be that my fat fingers, I misspelled Samford, Sanford with Sanford, um, which you know he mocked me for, which is also fair. Um, I mean, you you got to do something the first something. game. They won the SEC, man. They won the SEC. I mean, you you see the little magnet schedule. Everybody's got. There's them holding the SEC championship trophy. They have not done it in 16 years, 15 years. There's got to be some sort of unveiling. Now, I ran. I t- t- talked about it on a show last week how I ran. I uh, run past to the yep. area of Stanford Stadium. They have more things up now. Good. They did just have one thing up there. There is a spot open. For 2017, uh, SEC champion, it's not up yet, but there's clearly a pillar ready to have that there. Good. So they're going to do something. Yeah. To be, I feel like they're going to do something. This feels like a game where you want to get there maybe a little early. That would be my argument. Mm-hmm. This feels like, like you know how early you get there for senior day. This feels like a game you get there early for because there's going. I would have to think there will be something before the game to acknowledge. That they won the freaking SEC last year. Yeah, I, I think that's think right. So. Yeah, and that's a, and to me that's we've talked about like how we remember last year and how we commemorate last year. I feel like a pretty great way to do it is before a game where you're going to wipe somebody out and everyone's all it's the first time they've been back since this, and this is the time where you're like okay, look what we did last year, how awesome, everybody applaud, and then we turn the page and move forward. 
Hopefully it goes better than the Astros unveiling of their World yeah. Series championship. Yeah. <laughs> what yes. happened there? It, it didn't yeah. reveal. It didn't it, reveal. I totally messed up. It was a total... It was, it was a lot of awkward silence yes. and smirks for about five minutes. They handled the eclipse there. I feel like they can handle the, uh, the Stanford. Um, okay, so uh, anything else? Anything else you want to uh, get to on this game? On the game? No, but, well, I don't think we're done, but I mean, how are we done with the game? Yeah, I think we've talked around it. I was wondering if, Tony, if you've practiced for your tailgate yet. Um, so that's a good question. We did. I did do a setup yesterday, um, you know, the, just the satellite to make sure the um, generator works. Um, pro tip, you should start before the Saturday before because, mm-hmm. you know, generator doesn't work. But that's fine. We're, we have some of our best people tasked that. Mm-hmm. Um, Only the best people. Poor Chad. All, all the best, the best people. people. Poor all, Chad. All the best um, people. Yeah, actually, my all wife got mad because I did not involve people. her in the purchasing process. And it's not because she thinks I'm going to do it wrong. She just loves shopping. But, you know, it, things went well. The the satellite got up and running, and we have all yeah, the Big Ten equipment. Network. A Big Ten Network. Big Ten Network, yes. Illinois, uh, uh, Kent State. That's a 10-15 kickoff before. Mm-hmm. This is the game before Sports Center, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the, um, that's the, yeah. That's the, pre, that's that's the pre-game the, day game. We're just going to pretend we're in Australia. Lane Kiffin and Florida Atlantic, they kick <laughs> off at Oklahoma at 11.30 Eastern. Yeah. That's 10.30 Oklahoma time. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. There's, there's a lot of good games at 3.30 also, which yeah. is sadly, like, Auburn uh, Auburn and Washington right. is right when we play. But uh, like, well, we all have the second half to watch. But Alabama-Louisville is at 8. And I think LSU and Texas, no. Houston. Miami. Miami. Is, is late also. I really do wish that Washington-Auburn game were at, at I do too. That would be, like, a fun, like, end of night. Pull for Washington. Game. That would be, like, a, that would be a game I'd like to, I would totally watch. Do people game. still do the whole, like, I'm pulling for the SEC because... Yeah, because I don't. People are terrible. Okay. Because I don't. I don't subscribe no, to that. I, I do not subscribe to that. I love everybody. That's. I love SEC and hate everybody in it, but Georgia. Like seriously, I just like whatever. We like Mississippi. What? We like Mississippi. Don't we? I thought they're, we they're fine. They're fine. But depends um, who they're playing. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, so I have a. I don't know if you have some. I was. I have a little. Uh, a couple questions. I thought I might toss out. That's great. About the season in general. Mm-hmm. I want you guys to give me your answers. Okay. Answer question number one. What percentage of snaps does Fields play this year? 25. That sounds about right. Quick answer, 17.6. No, I have no idea what the answer is. But uh, I'm curious to get people's thoughts about that idea. I, I mean, the, I think the range is, is, is 10 to 30. Yeah. I mean, but I also... Well, the range is 10 to 90. To 100, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I think you're... Look, the, the question presupposes things going completely normally, right? Um, yes, I, I'm going to the assumption nobody gets hurt. So what's the percentage if nobody gets hurt? Look, there's a world where after two games or three games, Fromm is so good that Fields doesn't come back on. The Eason. That's what happened to Eason last year. Right. That's exactly right. what happened to Eason right. last year. The, there's also a world yeah. where Fields is so good that Fromm doesn't come back. Um, I just think it's— It's hard to imagine that world. Right, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, um, like everybody else, we've all been. Wa- I've been watching the Rose Bowl obsessively. It was on yesterday. Yeah, it's like this. It's yeah. hard not to watch it, and it's just a reminder. Like again, if you remember last year, I was the from skeptic all season. That dude rocks. He, <laughs> like that dude was awesome. He was really, really good in both the Rose Bowl and yeah. the national championship game. Yeah. Like I said, is there a world where Fields gets just enough playing time that the coaches can? Be legit and say, we gave you a chance. Yeah, uh, there is a world there. But there's also a world where 
he plays significantly more just because he, he enhances what George's opportunities are for winning the ball game. I think not having a even a not not Balto, but not having a Grayson Lambert as your third quarterback actually makes it less likely that he gets worked in in that way. Yeah, uh, that's that's I, that's a good point. I would put it. I honestly would put it at like ten percent. Like. I it's hard. I think Fromm is going to be good again because Fromm is really good, and then it's going to be like what happened with Eason last year. Kirby's Kirby Smart's going to be like, why? Like, okay, we I we gave you your Austin P minutes, and but why would we mess with this right now? Because Fromm is awesome. That is my personal opinion. Okay, second question. I only have two more. Who has the most rushing attempts this year? I mean, somebody like Harrion or Holyfield. Yeah. You don't think Swift? That's the question. Uh, right? Well, I mean, like, I mean, on the whole, of the season it's harder to say. In the regular season, I just like we're playing between four and six games where games should be well in hand, and you're doing a lot of handing the ball off to kill the clock. I think Holyfield could be the guy. Right. I mean, I think it's possible that it's Holyfield or Barian. Um, <laughs> what am I saying it wrong? I am saying it wrong. Yeah. Brian Harrion. Brian Harrion. Brian That's the pomatour of his name. Um, I keep saying that, that word right. Pomatour. Is that, is that county close, near you or something yes, like that? Barrion County is close to me. I got you. Um, so, yeah. I mean, Holyfield Barrion. Harrion. Crap. <laughs> Not for nothing. I mean, you just keep <laughs> messing it up. Bullyfield. Um, okay, two more. You what? keep. What are, you, what are we doing? Jazzercise? You keep saying two more. <laughs> two more. I said two more after this one. I, okay. If I didn't edit me out. Uh, what wide receiver leads the team in yards? That's wow. I think Michael Hardman. Hardman was, first, was my first thought. Okay. And last question: Who leads the team in tackles? Uh, DeAndre Walker. That's a good guess, isn't he? You just like copying my answers. Well, no. I mean, I was, I was, I was. I mean, Natras Patrick came to mind immediately. I feel like if there's a dude that has a oh crap year, it's Patrick. Yeah, that's like yeah. it's the yeah. like the the you knew he was good, but you didn't know he was this. Yeah, I feel like Patrick might be that guy. Yeah, but I'm, I'm feeling like he's one of the linebackers. Yeah. So, unfortunately, the answer to all questions, of course, is Peter Hudson. I almost said Brother Hudson when you see those most touches, yes. Okay. All right, Scott. That's all I got for there. Okay, so we did get a podcast review. Awesome. Since we broadcast last. So I wanted to share that. I tweeted it out earlier. It's it's very lovely written and and nice. Uh, This comes from DFW Dog. Five-star review. Title of it is Clisby Would Be Proud. I knew it was a good one when I read the title. Yeah. Named after a lyric... In Clisby Clark's Bulldog Bite, embodied with the spirit of the late Louis Grizzard and the fabled Dorsey Hill, and scattered, smothered, and covered with the hopes, fears, and optimistic expectations of the entire Bulldog Nation, the Wait Since Last Saturday podcast is a must-listen for any damn good dog, especially displaced dogs like myself, who see the world through red and black colored lenses and are constantly searching for our own juicy Bulldog Bites about the team, the town, and the tailgate. Scott and Tony provide the perspective of grads and lifelong fans, while Will offers the insights of a nationally recognized and slightly more objective sports reporter. I urge you to listen and allow these guys to help you get the picture on everything happening all the way from Broad Street and across North Campus to inside the Payne Pruitt Indoor Athletic Facility, (laughs) and most importantly, the stands at Sanford Stadium. 
once, a, once again, it amazes me the reviews we get because yeah, seriously, there's always so much thought into putting it in. I mean, usually when you read a review, it's like bad audio, five star, right? <laughs> <laughs> Something. So the other thing I'd like to point out is um, if, if you follow people on Twitter that are into college football, you'll notice that South Carolina fans are already being South Carolina fans. They are saying that that Georgia fans are scared. I saw a tweet that Logan Booker put out where he tweeted the score of the UMass game, kind of jokingly saying, I'm already more nervous about UMass in in November than South Carolina next week. And the South Carolina fans just – it was just like chum in the water for them. They were retweeting it and saying like, hey, look at this. You know, they're already scared about it. So – I think it's going to be just sweet, sweet victory when we go down to Columbia and uh, just yeah. put one on. We'll have a whole. Who's South Carolina play this week, by the way? Do we know? They play uh, anybody? Coastal. Yeah, I don't know. Right. I think it's Coastal Carolina. It's not Vanderbilt on Thursday, so I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I'm not, and I'm not trying to jump the gun. I just think that uh, I'll get in, I'll, I'll, I am jumping the gun. I'll, I'll get into it next week. I just hope their fields back together after. The yeah. No kidding. Did you hear about that? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's not. It's so they're just they finally beat Tennessee at football. Now they're trying to have the the best worst playing field. How is Isaac Nauda on the cover of the media guide again? Like, is there like a contract? Is that like something? He's got a good agent. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> Jimmy Sexton's his agent. Is it like you know, they must, they must switch it up because, you know, you got Terry Godwin on the tickets for the first game. Um, I think that's maybe J.R. Reed for the second. Um, who's on the third, the third uh, home game? I don't know. Some well, people. Who's five? That's Terry Godwin. Terry Godwin. Okay, well, who's 13th? Terry Godwin. No, that's Ledbetter. Yeah. And then that's Hardeman. What's the number of Hardeman? Four. Four. No, he's on From is uh, is six. Yeah. I don't know. I can't touch it. I can, I can tell My you. I can't see. You're yeah. good with numbers and uniforms. Oh, yes. oh, Tyler Clark. I think no fifty-three. Who's fifty-three? Fifty-three. It's not Tyler Simmons. Is that John Atkins? No, he's graduated. Is Tyler Simmons? He's he's eighteen. Tyler. That looks like Tyler Clark. Okay. For the first game, and then yeah, J.R. Reed's the second uh, game against Middle Tennessee. Then Tennessee game is Godwin. Um, Ledbetter's for Vanderbilt. Um, DeAndre Baker's for Auburn. Fromm's for UMass. And then DeAndre Walker is Georgia Tech. So your favorite Georgia podcast? Guess the number um, of the player. But yeah, uh, on the front of the media guide, you've got Rodrigo, Andrew Thomas, Elijah Holyfield, and DeAndre Walker. So you said... He, he like, has a good agent. Yeah, apparently. Way better than Cuba Gooding Pretty good Jr. for a guy that had, like, what, 15 catches last year? We catches. <laughs> 15 targets. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing, I'd like to thank some of our listeners for purchasing Waiting Since Last Saturday t-shirts. Mm-hmm. They are on our website. They're available for sale. Uh, I'd like to thank Christian, Matt, Paul, Lee, Peyton, Adam, Rob, Terry, and Barry, to name a few. Uh, I'm going to send the shirts out tomorrow. One of the things that I've noticed uh, about people that have the shirts... Other than children, because children are their own special creatures. I, I teach them well and let them lead the way. Uh, but every adult that I have seen uh, wearing the shirt, it's hard to have a conversation with them because people keep attacking them to have So just keep that in mind that if you buy the shirt, people will just attack you to have yeah. So just is, know that about this shirt. This is actually true because I wore it while doing Over the Edge. I and, want to talk about that too. And I was immediately attacked as I was coming down the, the, the wall. Yeah. It, was, it was both unseemly and awesome. I mean, that's, I'm just saying that if you buy this shirt, people that you find attractive will try to make out with you. I mean... I'm not... You, if, and listen, if that counts as like a, a way to try to get people to buy it, fine. I don't care. I'm just stating a fact. One thing I'd like to do, I have the ability to put in coupon codes. We should name... We should 
put we should mention a word and I'll enter it for like 48 hours for people can get $5 off a shirt. I mean, it's got to be right? <laughs> it's deep mountain. <laughs> Definitely deep mountain. <laughs> I'm just stating facts. I'm not like listen. These shirts are independent. They're very comfortable shirts. Yes, I can't speak to that. All I'm just saying is that every single adult person I've seen wearing them, people just are are inexplicably overwhelmed with attraction. I don't even know what this is. I mean, it's not it fair. Just, it's, it's an unusual phenomenon. It's not fair. But nevertheless, it's happening. If you think that this would happen to you, you should buy one. But I can't speak to whether it will. I'm just saying it has happened. I mean, nine out of ten urologists can't be wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's uh, that's a uh, that's a. Whole All right, so I think the word is going to be love. If you if you put the word in, of love in the coupon code, you'll get five dollars off a shirt. So it's that's not, for forty eight hours. It's not it's not D Mountain. Yeah, I'm just, and again, I would not classify people's reaction to people wearing that shirt necessarily as quote love, but it was certainly a powerful thing that yes. people responded. Okay, it's, it's real and it's visceral. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Um, I, I'm not trying to sell T-shirts. I'm just stating facts. I, I've kind of lost <laughs> lost my train. You know, Tony, we, we, we broke Scott. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to get this this show back on on track to where we can end it properly. Right, um, Tony. Last week I mentioned how the 2019 schedule might be a Vanderbilt away game to open, okay, and, you, yeah. and you scoffed at it. You're like, they would never do that. You were very scoffing. I did I some uh, I did some research on Georgia opening with an SEC opponent. Yes, and in the years 1992, 93, 94, 95, they opened in succession with South Carolina, Tennessee. Okay. Um, they flip, you know, cause they were playing South Carolina at home and Tennessee away. And yeah. so it wasn't like two at home or two away. Um, they did lose all of those games to Tennessee. Cause that was when we were losing, I think 10 in a row to Tennessee, but they, they won three out of four against South Carolina. They also, if you go back to 1990, imagine this, opening on the road at LSU. LSU. Yeah. I was in law school that year. I remember listening to that game. Uh, 1985, opened on the road at Alabama. Yeah. I watched that game on ABC. That was a Keith Jackson game. And then... Was that the year after... Was that Bear Bryant after your Bear Bryant's last year? That would have had to have been. Because 84 was his last year because they played Illinois in the Liberty Bowl. So that would have been... been, Ray Perkins? Ray Perkins' first first ball game. Yeah. Yep. And then... um, in 1980, of course, yep. Herschel's first game at, at, Tennessee. at Tennessee. And then Tennessee came here in 81. Those are the, really the only ones in recent history that has happened. So it could happen. Uh, I just I figured I would do a little research on I that. Would be, I have to say, all told, I would be okay with them playing. Like a Vanderbilt. You don't want to open season. at Tennessee. Right, but you Vander- want to open Vanderbilt. Like yeah. that's what you want, Vanderbilt or Missouri. Maybe not Missouri, but Vanderbilt or someone of or Kentucky. Like someone of that ilk is probably, if you have to open the SEC, that's a good way to yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, and, and look at the schedule. You're right. I mean, if you actually look at the schedule, the, the one thing I will say is the schedule next year is one of those weird years where there's potential for two open dates, um, just how the, that works out between uh, Labor Day and when the SEC championship game is. So it's also possible we don't play that first week. That would be a bummer. I would think so, yeah. And that's kind of where I, I fell on, yeah. Uh, and then the last thing, uh, women's soccer. They've started their season. They tied mm-hmm. against Indiana. I was there today. Yep. Uh, and they won 5-1. to one. Uh, My former boss, his daughter, Reagan Glisson, 
had a hat trick. She scored awesome. three girl three goals. She's oh, a striker. Oh, no, yeah, she's awesome. She wears number thirty four because she she's a fan one of Herschel. Today, where the goalie was right there, and she just kicked it so hard that she like knocked her over. Yeah, yeah, she was one of the top recruits in the nation coming and, here. And Indiana's coached by a former Georgia player, soccer player, Amy Barbary. Um, so, if you have ESPN Plus, you can watch all of those games. Really awesome. Um, so, a couple of little things. I'm going to talk about the football pool. Um, oh yeah, we need to do any yeah, of our picks. Let's, let's quickly go through picks. My goal this year is to only have ten games a week because the people have spoken, and apparently twenty is too many. Um, and well, yeah. And to be fair, there's a sadness to that because it means you're more likely to admit Illinois every once in a while. I am uh, more I likely that to do one. that. I yeah, there's no Illinois on there. But also, I do want to thank everyone that sponsored and donated mm-hmm. to Over the Edge for me. Um, I did actually wear uh, Wait Since Last Saturday shirt because the two falls were the top. Uh, my top donor, uh, I did raise $2,000, and thank you everyone that gave. Uh, Will also gave uh, generously, and I appreciate that. He appreciates um, your $5. Will. Yes, and I... He uh, less than $5. Yes, he, yes but, but fortunately, he, he did convince me to wear the shirt, and good things happen to people that wear that shirt. And you also have a GoPro of it. I do have me. a GoPro that Scott has is going to put piece together some video that uh, hopefully makes me look extremely uh, handsome, good, and very brave, not at all like I was. <laughs> but thank you all for donating. It went all to a great cause. Children First raised almost $25,000. Um, I can't speak for what Interfaith and Nancy Travis raised, but it was a fun day. It was a great day. And also, my daughter Katie had her first uh, tackle football game, uh, the Jamboree, on, on Saturday. I will say she is playing and starting at nose tackle, and she was double teamed every play, which made me very proud. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And also, I've made a deal with her. Every time I hear a coach, a coach with the other team yell, you just got you just got whipped by a girl or something like that. She gets a dollar. Yeah. So right now she's earned a dollar. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. So should we get in the picks real quick? Let's do the picks real fast. Can I have an Illinois minute? Which yes. Is yeah. It's not one of the games. Yeah. They uh, they open uh, with Kent State, uh, and Luffy Smith was the subject of an excellent profile in the Athletic uh, this week. If you're not subscribed to the Athletic, reminder: you should subscribe to the Athletic. Illinois win five games this year. Um, maybe they'll win six. But they're definitely winning five. And you just, you just subscribe to uh, Will's Patreon podcast, uh, Levy Smith's Beard. Levy Smith's Beard. An erotic music. An erotic musical. All right. Thursday night. Is that a night game? George State, Kansas State? That's a day game. No, it's a night game. It says 12 o'clock. No, it starts at 7. Oh. I won't be at that game. So okay. All right. Kennesaw State. Yeah, it's Battle of Atlanta. This is my reminder, as always, go to this game. They sell beer at this game. I tried to work out with my wife to go with yeah. y'all, but we got three things yeah. that night. So, so yeah, Kennesaw State at Georgia State. <clears throat> Give me the Panthers. Give me the Panthers. I'm going to take the Panthers as well, although Kennesaw State is impressive. Fear the owl. All right, Friday, the air went out of the balloon last night on this game, Colorado at Colorado State. Yeah. What? I had that as my upset pick of the week. Yeah, I'm starting that, to feel I'm like gonna, maybe that two I'm SEC wins for Colorado State before Georgia has two is hey, not going to happen. I'm sticking to it, and, and when it happens, to be sweeter. You going with Colorado? The Buffs. I'm going with Colorado State because I actually do think there's a lot of talent there. You know, it's funny. Bill Connolly actually talked about that on podcast saying played play that when they previewed the Week Zero games. Yeah. He actually talked about how Colorado State's actually one of those teams that has more talent than their record has shown. Yep. And I, maybe Hawaii's that good. Yeah, or maybe like the coach had a serious health issue right. and, and being out all, for two weeks and yeah. things were all kind of messed up. And I'm, I'm picking Colorado State. I'm going to go with the Buffs. Um, I might change my vote later, but interesting game. Uh, noon kickoff on Saturday. Ole Miss 
not at Texas Tech. They're playing somewhere in Texas at a big stadium. Uh, but yeah, the Rebs and the Red Raiders. I'm picking Ole Miss, and and but this also whatever the over under is, take the over. This feels like a key game of how long can Luke hold on to that job? How long do they have? Like we just want a Mississippi dude to get us back on track. Yeah. to hold that job. If you you win a game like this. Oh, it's two more years. years. Two more years. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you win a game like this, you build up a lot of – remember, they can't go to a bowl again this year. So you build up a lot of goodwill. You lose a game like this against Texas Tech, a team that I think most Mississippi fans would assume they should beat. That maybe starts switching a little bit. Yeah, and Cliff Kingsbury might want to hang on – try to hang on his job too if he loses this game because he's under fire. I'm going to go with Ole Miss as well. Uh, I'm taking Texas Tech, by the way. Okay. Okay. Uh, The game that we wish we could all see – Auburn and Washington kicks off at 3.30, same time as Georgia, on Saturday. Auburn's favored by two and a half. I filled out this sheet before I came over here. This is I feel like it was easier last year. I know you're cutting it down to 10 games. Well, cutting it down to 10 games, really hard. it does. And that's yeah. part of the – that's part. Of, I, in my thought process of this is that I, I almost Pavlovian, Pavlovian selected SEC games. I'm not – Georgia's not in it, in it this week. Right. We, we won't be right. it when we play Milton State, for example. I'm just not – I'm not going to put those games in. So the, the trade-off there is I want to put more interesting games and make it harder. Because, frankly, there have been a couple of guys that have, have sprinted out to the front and held on to it after week three. This conceivably could make it a little more interesting. People are down – like this is the Auburn thing, right? When, yep. they, when they get Alabama and Georgia on the road, people are skeptical of them. When they get them at home, they, they get excited about them. If they win this – like if, if Auburn wins this game, like Washington is – like there's some people that are really up on Washington this year. So like, there are people that think they are the – I think they're probably the Pac-12 favorite right mm-hmm. now. They are. And if Auburn, the team that I think most people would agree is the third – SEC team right now, if they can win this game over a Pac-12 team, that speaks really well to what the SEC looks at this year. I actually think Washington's going to win. Give me the Huskies. I don't. I don't usually like picking Auburn. This is an objective pick. I think Auburn just is going to will itself to kind of exercise the demons of Mercedes-Benz Stadium and find a way to beat Washington. And it'll knock Washington and maybe the Pac-10 out of the college football playoff. Now, the interesting thing is that on the flip side, if Washington wins and Auburn loses, they can take a loss. They could take two losses. And if Alabama and Georgia are playing as we think they will, if they pull off what they did last year, they could be right back in the talk of the college football playoff. So their schedule, whether it's home or away, it allows them a lot of leeway. But I still think they win this game. Washington State at Wyoming. Wyoming looked pretty good last night. And winning, um, although they are uh, an underdog to Mike Leach. When is no, that game? no relation. No, no, no. Just like the late Robin Leach, also no relation, even though it's about yeah. the same as Mike Leach. Uh, what time is this game? Uh, it's three, three thirty. I'm taking Washington State. Give me Wyoming. West Virginia. Oh yeah, I'll take Wyoming. Not that y'all care, but I picked Wyoming. West Virginia at Tennessee. No, not at Tennessee. They're playing in Charlotte. Uh, West Virginia is favored by ten and a half over the Vols. This game should be just perpetually at a speedway, right? Like, this game should just always... This is also at 3.30. Yeah, this should always always be played at a speedway. Tennessee is terrible, man. <laughs> Tennessee is terrible. And then they get, they're going to lose, like, nine games. Are they going to score all the points? <laughs> Will Greer, former Florida quarterback, mm-hmm. future Heisman finalist, will make Tennessee look stupid. Give me West by God, Virginia. I agree. 
Okay, this is a game we can watch. Seven thirty on NBC. Michigan at Notre Dame. <laughs> the rivalry continues. I have to say, Michigan loses this game. Oh, people it gets... are gonna start freaking out in an hour. <laughs> You don't think that if Notre Dame loses, people aren't going to freak out in South Bend with Brian Kelly? I feel like it's different, though, because, like, Kelly was a guy that got Notre Dame kind of back on track. Like, I think there's certainly frustration with well, Kelly. The, he played the national championship game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's frustration with Kelly. But Harbaugh was the savior. Yeah. Like, Harbaugh is... I mean, yeah. he is a milk-drinking, walking on water. Imagine... Just, here's yes. the way to think of it. Imagine if Georgia, the next three years, wins eight or nine games a year. And imagine how we're talking about Kirby Smart then. The guy that, that – that, that, our savior, that's the guy that we've been waiting for, and then wins eight or nine games over the next three years. That's kind of where Harbaugh is. They really thought he was going to win them a national championship by now. Took a big step back last year. If you uh, get, get this game, the, as high-profile game as you can get – and lose this game, people are going to kind of lose their crap about And just uh, some of this. his stuff is just really wacky. Like the whole chicken is nervous meat. It's like the guy's never met a cow. <laughs> it's like every cow you ever see is on the verge of freaking out. Yeah. Like literally just drinking cappuccinos and like, oh, shit, something's going down, right? I mean, that's the way cows always are. You should write that time down. Um, so, oh, you, were, you were describing cows, not Jim Harbaugh? Well, he has a theory. He has a theory about cows and chickens. I'm picking Notre Dame. <laughs> I am picking Michigan. I am actually picking Michigan. I'm going to pick Notre Dame as well. Now you're copying me. Touche. Middle Tennessee at Vanderbilt. Y'all, y'all, I put this game in there on purpose. I know. Note, note that I said I was going to take crap games out. <laughs> this is this is the game that Vanderbilt usually loses. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I don't think so. I'm taking I, yeah, I'm taking Vanderbilt, but it's going to be a good game. I'm like a close game. There, there are probably a lot of people there. I mean, those are like 20 miles apart. Well, yeah, it's going to be full of Middle Tennessee fans. Um, another game that we'll be able to watch is Ed Ogeron and Mark Richt <laughs> at another big stadium in Texas. They're playing each other. Uh, I think they kick off at 7.30 as well. So who you got on that? Why are you laughing? I was going to try to do my pick in Ed Ogeron voice. <laughs> I find it hilarious, up. by the way, that Mark Rick coached here for 12, 13, yes. 14, 13 years, and we have an impression of the other guy. Well, because, <laughs> I mean, I can I can try Coach Rick, but yeah. Coach Joe's really easy. He just talked like this, and he talked real slow and real fast, and he talked real fast, and you just clip your words. He's Boomhauer. He Boomhauer. Well, he talks like I, I mean, I think them boys got pretty jerseys on down there with the orange, orange and blue, orange, orange or green, orange green. I, I, I like one of them. I like one of them, them belts they wear, them chains they wear. But uh, yeah, give me Miami. Talk about people freaking out. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> imagine if Miami straight up this game, right? Like, like this is the whole thing. Like Rick has got him back, right? If you lose to an LSU team that everyone is already like, everyone's making fun of Orgeron. Everyone thinks everything's falling apart. Like Miami's the whole Rick. Like if you hire Mike Rick, Mark Rick in year three, and he loses to a wobbly LSU team on a neutral field, that yeah, ee- actually both. I, now you think about it, there's a lot of narrative either side on this game when you yeah. lose it. Do you know which what each team is ranked respectively? Uh, Miami is going to be somewhere in the eight to ten range, and LSU somewhere like. 18. I think they even lower than that, like 23, 24 for LSU. Right? LSU's 25, Miami's 8. Okay. And Miami's a three and a half point favorite I did not, on a neutral field. Yeah. yeah. LSU feels. 
I mean, the way people are talking about LSU, that feels high, right? <laughs> like people are predicting like wipeout seasons for LSU. We don't think of them as a top 25 nope. team. I'll put it this way. If they're a top 25 team when Georgia plays there, I'm really nervous about that game. <laughs> yes. Agreed. I think Miami wins, and I think they win big. Uh, and then finally, last game of the evening, uh, Virginia Tech at Florida State. Is what's, that at Florida State? What's the Monday game? I didn't put the Alabama-Louisville game. I'm sorry. There's no Alabama-Louisville, and Virginia Tech and Florida State play Monday night. Yeah, as I said, I thought that. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. This is a really interesting game. That game is really interesting. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess I didn't play Alabama Louisville mm-hmm. in there because I'd have yeah, dis- I have utter disdain. That would, and also, that would be the one that you would obviously put first. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think that's right. Um, I think at some point Willie Taggart is going to have SU, FSU rolling. I just think they went last year without being coached. It's almost the Florida effect. They went last year without being coached for so long. He has his work cut out for them. I'm, I'm going to pick Virginia Tech. I'm picking Florida State. I feel like they, 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 they needed someone that they were pointing in the same direction as. I don't think they had that last year. I think they have that now. In, no, in a number of years. What was that, what was that uh, poll they did recently of the most overrated coaches? Yeah. And it was uh, Taggart and yeah. uh, Franklin. Franklin. Yeah. Which was, I thought was weird. <laughs> I thought it was strange. As was pointed out, it's I don't I don't know weird. I don't know how Taggart like maybe because he's jumped around so much. I think Taggart is the idea that like maybe and Florida State South he wears a whistle yeah. that was, when he coaches. That was actually that, that was actually the co- the biggest comment was like you know Taggart. I think there's some jealousy there. Tiger got the FSU right. Job I think that's what that is. And haven't earned. I don't that, know. I mean, listen. I like making fun of Franklin as much as anybody, but I don't know how you could possibly look at him and say, Agreed. that guy is." I don't overrated. like him. I don't like him, but that's right. What he did at Vanderbilt. Um, what he did at Pitt State, man. Like, like honestly, that team was like. Listen, a year ago, two years ago, you can maybe say Franklin is an overrated. I guess that's right. But like that team, yeah. they. they very well should have been in the playoffs two years ago. We're right there. Last. Like, I don't know how you look at what Franklin has done with Penn State and say that this guy is possibly overrated. And honestly, I don't know how you can be jealous of Willie Taggart when his predecessor at FSU got $75 million guaranteed. <laughs> and basically the only thing that Jimbo Fisher has done in winning a national championship is keep keeping uh, Jameis Winston eligible. Yeah. Like, literally, that's it. It's like a... It's, Who do you got? I'm picking first. Virginia Tech. I thought you said Virginia Tech. No, I no, said, he we, said Virginia Tech. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, th- I think Florida State because they're at home. I mean, because that is an ACC game. And Willie Taggart does wear a whistle, which I think is awesome. If he would only just would go out there in bike shorts. Like, <laughs> but like the Not old. bicycle shorts. Bike the old coaching, coaching bike, sh- bike shorts, that would be Although awesome. Although, if he was wearing, imagine <laughs> if he were wearing bicycling shorts and a wait since last Saturday t-shirt. <laughs> I mean, Really? That would be nice. They'd have to filter that. They'd have to filter that. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, promo code. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, we have wasted so much of your time. And uh, guys, we got football this weekend. I'm so excited. Actual football games. Starting Thursday, Georgia State, Kennesaw State. Good warm-up. Also, fun Northwestern-Purdue game, by the way. If you're Go Cats. Go Cats. Otherwise, we made it. We it's game it. week. Game week. Go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. We'll be back on Sunday or Monday with our post game show. Those shows are usually much shorter 
than our game previews, but we are back to our twice-a-week in-season production schedule, which makes us all very happy. If you have a question or comment, hit us up on Twitter at WSLS Podcast. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, same handle, and check out our website, WSLSPodcast.com. That's where you can purchase t-shirts and read some of the blog posts we write and see some pictures. Well, I write the blog posts, but Tony and Will both promised me that they're going to contribute some pieces this fall, so I'm looking forward to that, and that'll be good reading as well. Oh, and one more thing. I suppose we're a bit out of practice on this, uh, but as I was editing the podcast, I realized that none of us gave a score prediction for the game, so I'm going to take a crack at it here. Uh, Georgia's a 43-point favorite, and I was on record saying that I thought they would cover the numbers, so I'm going to predict about a 52-7 to win. Maybe Fromm throws three touchdowns. Swift and Holyfield account for two more, and maybe there's a defensive and special teams touchdown as well. I think that would be good. Oh, and two hot rod field goals. Yeah, I'd take that. But uh, that's it. Hope you can concentrate on work this week, and we will see you on campus this Saturday. I can't wait. I know you can't either. Go dogs.